Good morning. You can imagine I'm so excited this morning to come here and to share God's word with you. Just a couple of things. Pastor Louis is not here. He's at the South Church. They are having their spring celebration, so he's joining part of our family there this morning. I don't know how you've been keeping, but it's been quite chilly. Now suddenly it's getting warmer. The birds are chipping far louder than before. And I'm excited about that too because it means that there's going to be a lot of braai, a lot of steak, a lot of things going on. So I'm very excited about that. Before we begin, I would like for us to please open our Bibles in Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. We're going to read from verse 1 to 18. It's not that long, but if you have a device and everything, please, I would like for you to please follow, follow as we read together. It's not going to come up on the screens. If you don't have your Bible here, you can listen. If you are there, say amen. amen. Good. It's a miraculous escape from prison by Peter, but let's hear how did this happen. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between the two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared. Oh. And a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. When the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that the angel was doing re what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's lashes, from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and they were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door, Peter's at the door. You're out of the mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But, keep, but Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. <gasps> Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and describe how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place, verse 18. 
In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers. What had become of Peter? What had become of Peter? Quite a, a passage, and there's a reason why I wanted us to read it. In our lives, there are a lot of things that we go through. There's a lot of challenges that we do face. And in this scenario, in this scene, you see that there was a challenge with the believers of the day. The challenge was the fact that Herod was out looking for blood. He wanted to kill and persecute the Christians so that the gospel wouldn't continue because people felt if the gospel stops and people don't do this anymore, then the Jews would be pleased. And so he wanted to get his reputation. His reputation at the time, history tells us that Herod's reputation was not doing well. He needed something to lift his reputation up. Today we're speaking about the Poles. The Poles of Herod in the day, they were not good. So he needed something that would lift up his reputation. And so he used this opportunity to persecute the Christians so that he can be able to get his reputation lifted up. Now, the interesting part is this. The church is persecuted. There's a challenge around the fact that now Peter is also being caught and he's thrown into jail. And so maybe you may think, ah, but how does this fit into our theme this morning? And I want to just put up the title this morning. The title is Community of the Faithful. Community of the Faithful. And so this morning, I want us just to really look and see what does it mean to be a member of the community of the faithful? How does a committed member of the faithful, the people that say that we follow Jesus, we believe that Jesus is Lord of our lives. What does this mean? How does it look like? And so, in this passage, we see that there's something that happened. The church prayed earnestly for Peter to be released from jail. So I'm going to take you step by step throughout the story. But before I do that, I want to just establish three main things. Whenever we speak about being faithful or God's faithfulness, Throughout time in history, there's a common thread. It's almost like a, a tapestry that goes through history. And these three things, I want to highlight them for you. The first thing is, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. God is above everything else. And I just want to read the scripture for you. It's in Daniel chapter 4, verse 35. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. But he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And no one can ward off his hand. You can't say to the Lord, I. Or say to him, what have you done? God is sovereign. He's above all. Everything works because of him. He is God. And he rules over the universe. He rules over heaven and earth. And so the Bible teaches us God is sovereign. The second thing I wanted us to establish before we speak about faithfulness and God's faithfulness is this. God is love. God is love. It tells us in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 to 7. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. God doesn't punish forever. It's up to the third and the fourth generation, then it stops because his heart is love. His heart is to embrace. His heart is for you to know that you belong to him. So the first thing, God is sovereign. The second thing, God is love. The third thing we need to establish is this. 
God will not allow a test beyond your ability to overcome or to endure it. And so whenever we go through difficult times, and whenever it's challenging, we always need to know God is sovereign, God is love, and God will never allow anything beyond what we can overcome or endure. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to men. God is faithful, and he will not let you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God's heart is that we may be able to endure it. Now, I spoke a little bit about the story of Peter, and I read it with you this morning. There's a couple of things that we need to just understand. The first thing is that James, which was a believer, he was a child of God. He was part of the believers in the day. He was caught, and the, the Bible speaks about that there was a, a sword put to him. In the day, they were not, it was like execution style. You go on your knees, and the Roman, <laughs> and the Roman soldier will chop off your head. It's like execution, done. And so the believers saw this, and you can imagine what happened in their hearts. And so they were, they were terrified. They were overwhelming. But it's interesting that when Peter was caught and he was put to jail, his action was different. The Bible says that he was sleeping between two, two soldiers. I wonder why is that? But before we do that, I want to just to highlight something. In our walk with the Lord, I've brought some cones here. In our walk with the Lord, there's always an end in mind from God's side. We never always know exactly what it looks like, but we know and we sense in our hearts, we believe and we have the best for, he has the best for us. And so, normally when I see a, a cone like this one, I always think of it as an obstacle. Cones are normally to stop you from doing something. Every time I see a cone, I think, I must do something different here. Something is it's not like, it's like on the road, they put a cone, then you must drive around. It's always a bit of an obstacle. But I realized that for every obstacle within our walk with the Lord, an obstacle becomes an opportunity, an opportunity to, for God to do something in your life. So I want to give you the first point. The first point is this. If you're a child of God and you're a follower of Jesus, you better know that your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. The believer's faith at the, in the day, it was tested. James has been killed. Peter's in jail, what's next? Your faith will be tested. But how are you to respond when your faith is tested? How do you respond when your faith is tested? Interesting in this passage, Peter went to sleep. It's like whatever that happens, let it happen. But actually, if you read a little bit and you go back a little bit, you will realize that Jesus said to him that he will not die until he's old. So it means that he was still a youngster. He was still young. He was not old yet. And so when he went to sleep, he knew that if the Lord said to me, I will only die when I'm old, then I can be safe in the fact that no matter what happens, I'm going to make it through this. What are the things that God has said to you, and maybe you forgot about them, and now you're going through a difficult time, and you can't remember what he said to you? I want to encourage you in your personal life, please do journal some things that the Lord say to you. Because when difficult times come, and they will come, because Jesus says that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
And so in this life, you will experience some testing. Your faith will be tested. Now, the cone ECM, it represents an obstacle. If I have to go through this obstacle of my, my faith being, being tested, a couple of things can happen. I can trip. I can go around it, maybe. I can go over it. But normally, we do trip over this because we battle to understand that God's heart is that we may believe in him. There's a, a scene of Jesus where he was praying for a young person, and the father brought this young son who was busy throwing uh, convulsions, and he was being thrown on the ground by this spirit. And Jesus asks the father, and he says, how long has he been like this? The father says, it's been, since he was young, he's been doing, the spirit has been doing this. Please, if you take pity on, on us, Lord, please heal him, if you can, if you can. Interesting enough, Jesus says, if you, if you can, so you are speaking to God here, if I can, God is able to do way above more. And so Jesus, this father says to, to Jesus, Lord, help me with my unbelief. And so whenever we are going through difficult situations, and there's challenges, and there's trials, and there's issues around our faith, we are called to believe that God is working all things for the good of those who love him. That God requires that we believe that he has the best in heart for us. And so I go through, and it's so that I can be able to overcome and go to the next step. So the first step is that your faith will be tested. There was a man in around 1886, 1883. His name was Blondin. His name was Blondin. This man, he took a tightrope and he put it on one side of Canada over the Niagara Falls onto the other side. And this man, he went on this tightrope and people started to gather to watch him going on this tightrope. They started to ask him, what are you doing? He says, I want to walk across the Niagara Falls on this tightrope. Do you believe that I'm able to do it? Ah, people won't say no. They say, yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, go for it. And then so Blondine went on the tightrope, went on the tightrope, people went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blondine, Blondine. And he got to the other side. And he says, my name is Blondine. Do you believe I'm the best? They said, yes, we believe. Blondin, Blondin, they started chanting. Blondin, Blondin, Blondin. And he says to them, do you believe I can go on the other side with a wheelbarrow? He said, yes, we believe, go for it, Blondin. <laughs> Blondin took the wheelbarrow, started going around. Blondin, 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 hey, Blondin got to the other side. They were like, whoa, Blondin, Blondin, you're the best. He says, do you believe I'm the best? Do you believe I can go across with a bag of potatoes in the wheelbarrow? He said, yes, we believe. <laughs> Blondin took the wheelbarrow again on the other side. Blondin, 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 Blondin. Hey, Blondin got to the other side. They people went wild. Yeah, yeah, Blondin, Blondin. Blondin turned around and he said to the people, do you believe I'm able to take someone with on my back to the other side? They said, yes, we believe, Blondin. We believe. He says, I'm looking for a volunteer. 
nobody laughed. <laughs> nobody chanted anymore. It went dead quiet. Blondine's manager went on Blondine's back. And he went. Now the people were quiet. There was no one saying anything. Blondine got to the other side. The question is this morning, who believed? Who believed? And so there's a time when God takes us through processes. We go through tests. The tests are not there to crush you and to destroy you. The word there in Hebrew for test is naka, naka, to test so you can be able to, to move forward, to test so that you can be taken to the next step. It's not to test so you can be crushed, but to test for you to, to grow in him. And so there's an obstacle that we may have when we are tested. But remember this thing. Remember this thing. And this is the fact that your faith in God is not formed in the good times. Your faith in God is formed in the challenging times. When the Lord asks you, who's the volunteer? Do you believe I'm able to take you across? And so your faith will be tested. The story continues with Peter, where Peter, now the angel comes and it wakes him up and he says, come, get your sandals, get your cloak on. And he puts his cloak on, he takes his sandals, but then the, the Bible says that his chains on the wrist, they fell off. And then he went, he went out with the, with the angel. He followed the angel. And so I always wonder to myself, why didn't Peter pick up the chains with? There were some things that he had to pick up. There were some things that he had to leave behind. He left behind the chains. It would have made a great testimony to the people of the day to say, look, this is what God has done. But somehow he left them. He took only what he was instructed to do. And so the second thing we need to know about our faith in God is that this, is that your faith will require you to leave some things behind. Your faith will require you to leave some things behind. And so I want to encourage you this morning to say, what is it that God wants you to leave behind. Whenever we are going through challenging times as believers, as followers of Jesus, it's so difficult because we think somehow the enemy is coming against us. We think the enemy is wanting to crush us. He wants to, yes, he wants to do all those things. But remember, God will never test you beyond what you are able to, to overcome or to endure. And so a couple of things are very important and essential when it comes to leaving some things behind. Those things are bad attitudes and bad habits. Bad attitudes and bad habits. I remember when I was still growing up with my, just my believing God and reading the word and everything. I remember there was a situation uh, with someone that I, I couldn't work with and it was so difficult to be with this person. Every time I, just, I was just in their company, just things wouldn't go well. It was like always so painful for me. And I became, I started to cry out to God to say, Lord, can you please get rid of this person? And uh, not to say that, that the Lord must uh, kill them or anything like that, but just to say, is there a way out for me, Lord? I used to think like that. I used to think like that. Um, I said, Lord, is there a way out for me? And I realized that um, somehow, maybe that person might have also been praying about me to say, hey, Lord, hi, Lutulo, no, it's enough now, no more. And there comes a situation where we cry out to God because we are not aware what he's busy, what he's, he's busy doing. 
And so I realized that my attitude started to become, Lord, but you're not answering me. Lord, you're not coming through. God, where's my breakthrough? And so I started to develop bad attitude. I started to have bad habits. Yeah, Lord, why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? And I remember one day I was praying. I was saying, God, why is this person not bothering someone else? Why are they bothering me? Why not someone else? And I felt the Lord saying to me, why not? Why not you? Why not you? And so it was challenging for me. I thought, yes. Lord, but what do you mean when you say, why not me? How are we? are so many people. I mean, you can choose. You can pick and choose, Lord. There's so many people. You can choose someone else. And so the Lord said to me, why? Why not you? And I had to learn now to leave a bad habit behind. I had to start to develop a good attitude. Lord, when challenges do come my way, my response must be, God, you know all things. Help me, Lord, to grow in you. So the obstacle number two is that we have to leave some things behind. We have to leave some things behind. It's not easy to leave things behind because we are used to doing those things. We are used to the way that we respond. God requires that each of us trust in him no matter what, that we give our full trust and believe that he's able to do the best for us. So the second thing was that exactly that we are to leave some things behind. So interesting enough, Peter leaves the chains, he picks up certain things, and he walks with the angel. He walks with the angel, but the Bible says that he thought he was seeing a vision. He thought he was seeing a vision, and so he keeps on walking. But throughout, it was interesting that Peter had to listen carefully to some instructions. He had to listen carefully to some instructions. The angel said, wake up, pick up your cloak, pick up your... Your, your, your sandals, follow me. There comes a time as believers where your faith will require you to listen carefully to instructions. Your faith will require you to listen carefully to instructions. Peter had to listen to some instructions, but there's something about this. Whenever we journey with God, it's not that easy because we need some assistance. We don't always listen so clearly because we are overwhelmed by our circumstances, and it's not easy for us to be able to sustain our faith easily because of this. A couple of things do happen. We can read the Word and hear what the Word of God says, and it encourages us. But the biggest thing also is to listen to His voice. We are to listen to His voice. And so, I have a blind folder here. Whenever you are overwhelmed with circumstances, and it's difficult. I mustn't move a lot, eh? Um, <laughs> um, whenever we are overwhelmed with circumstances, whenever we, we are overwhelmed with the situation, sometimes we no longer see the things that God said to us because we are overwhelmed. And so we need the word. We need to be around people so that they can encourage us. We need other believers to speak to us. And even though we just feel, Lord, where are you? I can't feel you, Lord. I, I don't see you, Lord. Where, where are you in the situation, Lord? I cannot, Lord, I don't know what to do. Help me. I don't, I don't see you. And you hear the song here at church, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And we, we hear, we hear God and say, oh, God, thank you for loving me. And he says, I love you. And then we go on a little bit, but I say, oh, Lord, but after church, nothing changed. Most. 
And you go, Lord, I, I don't see you, Lord. I'm lost, Father. And then the Lord speaks truth through someone else, and they hold your hand, and you go, hey, come, come, come. God is for you. I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you. Can you see what this journey is? The journey is that even though we don't see God, ah, man, even though we don't feel God, oh, Lord, even though we don't know where we are going, he is faithful. He is faithful. I don't know, Lord, where I am, but you are faithful. And so I want to encourage you this morning. When you are going through a difficult time, your faith will require you to listen to some instructions. Your faith will require you to take heed because you can't see. Sometimes you have plug-ins, you can't even hear. But God wants to take you by the hand and say, come, I've got you. Come, I'm with you. And so I want to encourage you in that. The fourth thing that happened is that Peter now is working with the angel. These things are, are big now. There's like, he can't believe it that he's walking through the guards, the gates are opening up by themselves, and suddenly he's like out and he's thinking, yes, man, I can't believe it. Then he wakes up and he realizes this was really happening. The Bible says, it says that uh, when he realized that he was outside, he went to the house where the believers were busy praying for him. And he knocked at the door. Go, 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 go. And he knocked. And when he knocked at the door, Rhoda, one of the ladies that were there, they overhear him. So she probably asked, who is it? I would also ask, who is it, when they just chopped one of my believers that I know of in somewhere there. You know, I would also ask, who is it, just in case you're here for us. Yo. And so she was overjoyed and she ran back. She ran back to the, to the group that was praying and she said, it's Peter at the door. And they said to her, I, you are out of your mind. You know, it's so good for me personally, I think it's great to hear such words in the Bible. Because I used to think, maybe it's just us coming up with new words. You are out of your mind. It cannot be Peter. <laughs> you are out of your mind. It can't be Peter. And I said, no, maybe it's his angel. And here's the fourth thing that your faith will demand of you. Your faith will require you to make some room for the miraculous. You will need to make some room for the miraculous. And so I want to I wanna, I wanna encourage you this morning. Sometimes... The package is not exactly like what you expected or what you prayed for. But you need to make some allowance for God's surprises. God doesn't just give us things. He wants to communicate something bigger. And so whenever we are going through difficult things, our faith will require us to make some room for the miraculous. I want to encourage you also that sometimes you ask and you say, Lord, I need a job. I want this job. I, want, I need some income. And then he provides the job and he's like, ah, man, it's not exactly what I, it's not exactly what I wanted to get. But, ish, yeah, I, you know, I'm still trusting God. Emuna, you don't have a job. You know, you just, just <laughs> you need to, you need to step into some things sometimes, even though it's not exactly what God or what you've asked him to do. But you need to allow Space and a room for the miraculous. You need to allow space for the miraculous. Allow God to surprise you. Maybe there's a way around it. And so it's important for you to understand that is, this is a journey and it takes a while. So the first thing is that our faith will be tested. The second part, our faith will require us to leave some things behind. 
our faith will require us to take instruction and listen carefully. And the fourth thing is that you need to make space and make allowance for the miraculous. Interesting enough, Rhoda went and they opened and Peter, everybody was happy and it was like, wow, it's Peter. Because of the fact that God had done a big miracle. Normally you wouldn't walk out of the jail in that time, in Roman time, it was not a chance. It was like over 16 people just guiding one man. It was a big deal. And so it's, it's, it's important that we realize that our faith will require us to make allowance and a room for the miraculous. The last verse, it happens that Peter now speaks to them and he tells them this is what is happening. This is what he is to do. They must go and tell others about what has happened to him and what are the things that they need to tell to the others to believe, to know that God has saved him from the situation. It is interesting enough that the first thing that Peter does is to tell, is to tell them that they must be quiet. I can see him coming in and they go, ah, oh, Peter! And then they go, So I, when I was reading it, I thought, okay, so you're making them quiet, is he, what is he thinking about? But then the verse 18, verse 17, it says, Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place. I thought, oh, okay, he's running away. <laughs> he's, he's scared, he's scared, he's scared. I mean, it's like, shh, don't say anything. He's, he's getting away. But before he, he did that, something happened. He said that you must go and tell others. Your faith will require you to go and tell others. Your faith will require you to tell and witness about the gospel. Your faith will require you that you must tell others about who Jesus is and what has he done for you. We all have a story to tell about him, isn't it? There is something that he has done in each one's life, and we are to go and be witnesses of that. And so he was encouraging them, continue, go and be witnesses of this message, the message that God is a deliverer. You can imagine what it meant to them when they saw him, when they spoke to him, when they heard what had happened, and all those things that took place. It must have moved them, and they must have thought, wow, that's incredible. And so this is why I have the last cone here, with a flag on, because the gospel is not just for us. The gospel is that we go and we be witnesses about him. We be witnesses about what he has done in our lives. So, let us recap again. Our faith will require us to leave some things behind. Our faith will require us to be faithful and to remain faithful in him. Our faith will require us to listen to him. Our faith will also require us to make allowance and room for the miraculous. And our faith will also require that we go and tell others about him. So these are the things that our faith as community of believers is requiring us to do. But I have a question this morning. Are we that community? Are we that community? Are we the community that allows the tests in our lives to help us to live for the Lord, to grow in Him? 
Are we that community that listens to instruction? Are we that community that we leave some things behind and we move to the next thing that God says, this is what I want you to do? Are we that community that allow for the miraculous to take place in our lives? And so this morning I want to encourage you. Let us be that community, the community that trusts in him, the community that says, God, I need you. God, we need you to move us. We need you to take us with. Lead us, Lord, to go where you want us to go. We are in a season now where the Lord, as a body, as a, as a community, is moving us somewhere. Will we respond to him in faith? Will we say, God, grow us, help us to remain in you, no matter what, no matter what happens? Do we trust him to lead us, to lead us, even if we don't see the full picture? We don't see the full picture. We have sometimes blindfolded us on. We are unable to see. The challenging times we live in, the challenging times that we, we are facing in our nation, in our personal lives, but the message this morning is that no matter the things that are happening, our trust must remain in him. There's a song that says he's got the whole world in his hand. He's got your life, my life in his hand. And because of that, no matter what, I know that he is sovereign, that he loves me, and that he will not allow anything that's beyond me so I can be able to grow in him. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I ask you? Can I please ask you to, to stand? I want to pray a prayer over you this morning. <clears throat> it's, from, it's from Jude chapter 1, verse 24 to 25. And it's something that I want to really declare and speak over you and pray over you. Because I, I know for a fact the walk with the Lord is not an easy one. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of things that do happen but we are called to a much higher thing than just being comfortable in our walk with God. There's far more that he has for us because he wants us to be more like his son, Jesus. That's what it's all about. So I want to pray this prayer. This is how it goes in Jude chapter 1, verse 24 to 25. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Father, thank you for each one, Lord, standing this morning, Lord. We depend on you. We declare our dependence that, God, we cannot do these things of the faith, Lord, without you. Help us, Lord, as a community that we may move in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings. Thank you so much.